Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. July. They're trying to make him into a pro-style quarterback, not just they. He, ooh, okay, I'm trying to read this. Not, okay, turn him into a pro quarterback, not just they, he, him, too, and they aren't letting him do what is best for the team. I get accused of my poor grammar, and uh, I just try to read these like they are. So if it sounds like I have poor grammar, then so be it. I think the gist of that was uh, that he's this, not hurt. Yeah, no, I, this, I, I think this. I think if Sam Pittman indicates that he's banged up, we don't know what banged up means. Uh, that could mean bruises. That could mean something that could be severe if he gets banged on it. We, we don't know. Sam Pittman is not going to lie. He may evade the truth, but he's not going to lie. So when you say that's a lie, I would totally disagree with yeah, that. I agree. That uh, he he made it very clear that uh, he was banged up, and that's as far as he was state when there. I think that could have been one play that he was talking about when KJ took to the sideline because mm-hmm. he went on to elaborate and he says, you know, we tried to get him to go to the sideline before, but he won't do it. Yeah. Well, for whatever reason, guy, he did it that time. Hey, the one on, there was one guy to beat, and the guy was, you know probably 190 pounder he's a defensive back so uh usually kj runs over those guys now arkansas scored on the what either the next player or the one after that so it didn't matter but that is something kj usually takes as a challenge and runs over people yeah and there was another play he didn't cut it back that um, he kind of just let it string itself out and got taken i mean there were uh, it, it's just like a few moments ago when kevin was talking about it didn't look like he had the same kind of zip on the ball so, uh, again, there could be some issues there. And now let's go to Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, Kevin Hoop Scoop McPherson, for all the latest news for anything and everything basketball. Made possible by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile. Do I feel basketball's raining from the sky? Yo, <laughs> Kevin! Uh, this was a big weekend for official, unofficial visits for Arkansas football. Was this the big weekend? I think a young man named Jacob Lanier was a visitor this past weekend for Arkansas basketball. That's right, Randy. You know, Arkansas, back-to-back weekends, five visitors. He had, more, you know, really highlighted by class of 2024 official visitor. And only one of those, and then you had, you know, multiple classes, 25 and 26 players representing those on unofficial visits. So it's been back-to-back weeks because we know Arkansas in the first three games of football season, the first game is in Little Rock. You can't have – obviously, you're not on campus for a game. You're not bringing visitors in. So really, the basketball program had to kind of focus those two back-to-back weekends with Kent State and then Brigham Young of uh, getting a total of 10 players in. And now that we know Arkansas is playing away from home, uh, for several weeks. So this was a great opportunity. You mentioned Jacob Lanier, the official visitor, class of 2024, uh, national top 50. Isaiah Elohim, a 6'5 wing uh, out of Sierra Canyon. That's a big-time basketball school out in California on the high school level. Obviously, he'll be a senior. You know, I interviewed him right after the visit. Uh, he was very pleased with everything. You know, he basically said, look, Musselman went through everything I needed to hear, everything I need to know. He's already taken it. The previous weekend, he visited Villanova. 
He's got planned visits coming up to Southern Cal, USC, uh, and then Providence. So we'll see if he sticks with those. He told me if he gets to a point where he decides on a school, he'd go ahead and commit and plan on signing early. Uh, But we'll see if he takes the other visits. But your your unofficial visitors, you mentioned Jacob Lanier, class of 2026. He was one of three uh, players from that class. Another young man, Aiden Chronister, a 6'7 wing um, at, at Rogers. And Northwest Arkansas uh, not only took his unofficial visit on Saturday, he picked up an Arkansas Razorback scholarship offer on Monday. So just two days later, he got an offer. We know Lanier's already got an offer. The 6'6", very versatile guard out of Mall Mill here in central Arkansas. And the other class of 2026, an unofficial visitor, uh, was Ladarrell Robinson, Jr. He's a 6'7 forward out of Marion. Uh, Marion's really produced a lot of good teams and players over the years. He's the latest. Uh, but So these young players, I mean, that, it's a deep 2026 class. For years, we've talked so much about how deep the 7th, 2017, then 2020, uh, and then 2022. And I think 26 is kind of in that conversation because there's a lot of names and a lot of guys in that class that are going to be high major uh, prospects, and we just mentioned some of those. And then the other visitor this weekend was 2025, B.J. Davis Ray, a 6'6 guard. He had been at Link Academy. He's transferred for his junior season to Duncanville. So we know coming out of Link, he played, you know, Jordan Walsh was there previously. And then Duncanville was Anthony Black. So there's those Arkansas ties. He was on an unofficial visit. It was his second time to be on campus because he attended one of the Razorbacks basketball games last year. So he was by B.J. Davis Ray. But that's that's the group of players, Randy, that Arkansas had in. Uh, over the weekend, and again, they got to attend basketball practice. I interviewed every player. They go on and on. They continue to rave about the Razorback basketball team's practices. They love the fan atmosphere. I think it was over 74,000 for the Brigham Young game. I know it didn't play out the way Arkansas fans wanted on the school board, but anytime you bring in recruits uh, to a setting like that, especially for the basketball team uh, this weekend, I think they were impressed with everything they saw. Great atmosphere. There's no question yeah, of that. Was that. Tremendous sure. atmosphere. All right, Kevin, this from our Asher Record Service Company Life in Feedback. Colton says, please ask Kevin, how is the current roster shaking down for this season? I hear the Houston transfer is giving Devo a run for his starting time. Uh, also, <laughs> how is Blocker and uh, Bayfall doing? And uh, that from uh, Colton. Yeah, guys, I've said it so many times. I love this roster, um, and I like it. One of the big things I love is that 35 years of Division One experience. Um, and Mussman knows how to reconstruct a roster every year. That's what, that's part of what makes him successful. It, you know, you would think five or six years ago when you'd say something like that, it's a huge challenge, and nobody wants to do that. But you know, this is the new norm, and he's he's one of the best at it. And I think. You know, getting nine newcomers, seven out of the transfer pool. And I think we've got to continue to remind people they brought back five players. Devo, you brought his name up. This is a fourth-year guy. This is an all-SEC performer. He was all-defensive team last year. He's one of the winningest players in Arkansas history when you start talking postseason. And it's not like he was just along for the ride. He was had a big impact on that. Trevor in Brazil, he's almost a full strength, by the way. Arkansas's got everybody cracks in full go except Brazil. And he's just all he's lit lacking right now is getting bumped up to doing the full contact uh, five-on-five live stuff, which they've increased lately, by the way, guys. Um, but, you know, you go, you mentioned Tremont Mark, uh, the transfer from Houston, just like Devo's got that winning pedigree. 
Um, and, and, and I'm interested, you know, I, I still think I, I have a, grit, a, a, a an idea what the top seven rotation might be right now. Uh, and, and to me, you can be have starter value and not technically start. And, you know, Debo's been a guy that's been in and out of the lineup as far as a starter, but we know his minutes have been consistently big since about the midway point of his freshman season. So I always look at it from that standpoint when I'm talking starters and starter value. Uh, but I love this team because I like the, the not only the experience, but I think positionally down the roster, front line, backcourt, wing, there's a there's a diversity of skill set that I don't think Arkansas has had in a while. I mean, it's not been a good three-point shooting team, a lousy one. I think that gets corrected. I think they're going to be good against the free throw line. And I just think when I look at guys that are coming back that have been in the system and all that experience out of the portal and then real talent there, maybe not three one-and-done types that are going to be drafted first or second round, but there's probably at least one guy like that in Brazil if he stays healthy and maybe more. Uh, but I, I, I like the, the roster top to bottom. I think Arkansas, when Musman, if he sticks to seven or eight guys, I think he's got more options through 13 if he wants to tweak and, and, and change things up as they move, go, move along. So are you oh, – okay, okay. As you move along, I start to say, it almost sounds like maybe we may see more than a seven- or eight-man rotation. I understand in exhibition play. I understand in non-conference yeah. play. You're going to see more guys. I realize once conference play yeah. hits, then that's where that seven- to eight-man. But, gosh, Kevin, it just sounds like as you talk – about the depth, the competition, the, the quality of the players, it just seems impossible to believe that you're going to set a guy over there on the bench and not play him because he just can't crack that top seven, that there can't be some way that he can still be productive. But because of these numbers that he's always adhered to, Musselman has always adhered to, then a guy ends up planting daisies over there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a reality of how he's done things. If he changes, that'll be something new. But I still see a seven or eight, and but he's rotated different guys in the back end of that seven or eight. Based on me, Trey Wade was not a guy that was in the top seven or eight. And no, not they got the conference, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so the idea is there's enough quality through 13 where he can tweak and change some of that top seven or eight. But typically game to game, he's really sticking to seven or eight. And even in non-conference, I think it's the toughest non-conference he's had. There's a stretch of six consecutive games. I'm not sure they're going to go deep in the bench for, for those. Sure. I think that he's going to make sure he's got the right guys out there the way he likes to coach and the way he likes to run it to, to win games. All right, what about Landon Blocker, Layton Blocker, I'm sorry, and um, Bayfall? Yeah, I mean, both guys, I continue to hear great things uh, about both of them from what I get. I think one of the biggest things, Randy, is there's just a lot of experience ahead of them. And so we'll see. I think they're both going to play. I think there's going to be opportunities for them to carve a role potentially in that top rotation. But I, I'm not ready to step out and say, you know, one or either one of those guys is a for sure top seven, top eight guy at this point. And that needs to play out. But I think that they're very pleased with what they've seen. I think in both cases they see things that, make them feel better about certain things than they thought coming into it, that's always a good sign. And, you know, I talked to Bayfall's mentor a couple of days ago. He called me and just said, hey, let's talk. And we talked 15, 20 minutes. Stuff he was, feedback he was getting on what Bay's doing up there, kind of shared some stuff. And, you know, uh, the families of these players are pleased. They, that's part of the reason why they signed with Arkansas. 
Uh, but I think those guys are, are doing just fine. All right, Kevin, hang tight. We've got one more second segment with uh, Kevin McPherson on his hoop scoop, courtesy of hogville.net. Thanks again to Chris Walker and the gang at Fence Brokers. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. Drive Time Sports will continue in just one moment. Now, let's go to Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, Kevin Hoopscoop McPherson, for all the latest news for anything and everything basketball. Made possible by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile. Uh, let's see. Okay, that really is, uh, I don't think that applies to uh, Kevin. Uh, this is from Eric by way of our Asher Racker Service Company live feed feedback. You may have already talked about this, but I'm interested on your take on the Twitter back and forth between Jay Billis and Hunter Yurichak. And Hunter kind of referred to that yesterday a couple times, that uh, it's all about the NIL. It's all about, uh, I'm not sure it's more about the transfer portal, but I think it's 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 about the NIL. And um, Hunter Yurchak has offered Jay Billis, come to campus. I'll open things up. You can take a look, and you can see where the NIL, how we do business at the University of Arkansas. You know, I think um, that's nice. If he's wanting to do it for them, he ought to do it for the Democrat Gazette or anybody else that asks. That's true. But, uh, but, uh, but that's in reference to... Billis thinks the athletes should be getting even more and should be taking some of the take mm-hmm. uh, that comes in from uh, athletic department revenue. And I think that's where Hunter wanted to show him, look, if we do that, and I think any athletic director could show him that. If you do that for, say, your three or four major sports uh, athletes, then you're going to drop about five or six sports really Yeah, quick. revenue sharing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He talked about the 465 athletes. He talked about the 19 sports and how football and somewhat basketball, but not to the degree of football, is basically funding all these other programs. You take away a large chunk of that funding, and all of a sudden now you have. Right. Now, baseball pays for itself, but but those are the – and they may make some revenue, but those are the only three revenue sports. There's, There's no other revenue sport. At the University of Arkansas. And probably so, yeah. most Power so 5 I, conferences. Right. So out of 19 sports, three of them are self-sufficient, and two of them uh, basically pay for the other 16. Right. With one of them paying most of it. Right. Correct. So I think that's uh, – Kevin, do you know anything about the um, O-line recruits that were at the game on Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> Randy, I didn't. I let Otis Kirk and do that research for Hogville. Uh, yeah, I saw some of the names and I keep up with it a little bit, but I, I don't. I'm not going to, you know, jump into that lane and, and go into depth about the football recruits. There were quite a few there, and uh, I'm not sure how many were there on officials, but there were a lot of young men there this past Saturday. Yeah. You know, it's interesting when you when you first look down and this is rick i I don't know you may be still involved with the pregame uh 30 minutes uh before kickoff but i i'm there got my binoculars i try to you know see what all's going on and you can look from sideline to sideline 
And, I mean, it is it is filled to capacity. Now, it's not just guys that are down there. And I haven't yet figured out, Rick, what's going on in that northeast corner because I see Coach Pittman, Kent State, and this last game, he is down there shaking hands, and there's a lot of ladies down there. And I haven't quite figured out what that what that is. What's going on? Do you know? Might be recruit hosts, hostesses. I mean, that, yeah. that could be. Yeah, could be that. Could be. But I think of, I think of recruiting be, host yeah. as more of young ladies that's college age, and these are yeah. not college age. Oh, okay. Maybe they're families. Could be. Maybe that, and maybe they are uh, high dollar boosters. Uh, I think there are some that are allowed to go down there before the game. Could be that too. Well, they haven't let me down there yet. You're not, not a high-dollar booster. I'm not a high-dollar booster. No. You're right. Okay. Okay. Me either. So I guess I won't be invited down And you know there. what? I don't envy any of them. I, I have no reason to want to be down there before the game. Do you? No, not really. Okay. Not really. So, so you don't have to be jealous of something you don't care no, about? No. Uh, probably the only time that I'm going to go down on the field just to say hello. Yeah. And I realize it'll be brief because he's yeah. he's he's in his office. But I do want to go down and say hi to uh, Coach Petrino yeah. uh, next week in, in oh. uh, Arlington. Yeah. But I don't know if they'll let you do that. I don't know. Maybe, I, I think uh, if I get down there early <laughs> early enough, they're not going to be as particular. Well, if you get down there, if you're on the sideline when their teams get there and walk in, that's that's probably the time to do sure. it. Sure. That's what I mean. If I get there early enough, right. maybe they yeah. won't say, ah, So kickoffs at 11 in the morning, you better get there real early. You better be on the field about 840 or so. Yeah. So your your show is going to start at 8, 8 o'clock. o'clock in the morning. Yeah. That, that day, yes. And we've done that before from uh, Arlington. Yeah. So it's okay. And everybody, the, the great thing is, it's a, it's not a home game. Um, you do get home earlier. Now the thing is, I, I'm wondering, uh, Arkansas fans have maintained the tradition throughout this Arlington deal. They keep going, and and I hope they will uh, go again this year. But now that's two weeks from now. Right now, I've got to worry about LSU. Sure, sure, absolutely. Well, which brings up this question, Kevin, in regards to yeah. basketball recruiting. This has to be, again, Rick Rick is more of our historian on this, but I don't know that there's been a time when you enter SEC play in football and you start on the road and then you may have a neutral site game, supposedly, coming up next with A&M, but then you've got two more road games, Ole Miss yeah. and Alabama, is that not the prime time that you want to bring in even a basketball recruit uh, for an official, but yet there's not going to be a football game to go to? Late September, yeah. early October. It, it, is, it, it is. It's been a it, – it, that's why they crammed so many guys in in these last two weekends, but only two official visitors. And they're really targeting the 24 kids that are can sign early for those official visits right now. The rest were unofficial in other classes, 25 and 26. But October 7th. Rakeese Passmore, class of 2024, uh, 6'5 wing at a combine academy in North Carolina. Musman was in to see him in person uh, on Wednesday of last week. He'll have an official visit October 7th. That weekend, Arkansas is on the road against Ole Miss in football. So Arkansas is bringing in that official visitor. Arkansas is also getting a five-star top five, Trey Johnson. Arkansas has been in the for a while. They're getting him in for an official visit on October 20th. 
That weekend, Arkansas is finally back home and will host Mississippi right. State. So he'll get to be part of that. So they do have some visits coming up in October. But you're right, Randy. They're missing some opportunities to get guys on campus from the football hogs and the fans and all that experience. Yeah. Boy, it is, it is a crazy schedule this year for football. All right, Kevin, we'll talk with you later on in the week. That is Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Thanks again to Fence Brokers, Chris Walker, and the gang.